This is OBS Radio, a service of OBS International, a division of Greater Works Business Services. And a pleasant good evening to everyone. Welcome to The Works, the podcast where anything goes. I am your host, Keith Williams, and uh, our guest for this segment is Kim Razdeva. Uh, How are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. Uh, thanks, uh, Keith, for uh, inviting me onto your show. Um, so uh, the first question is asked is, uh, uh, let the audience know who you are and what you do. Sure. Uh, so I'm, I, I call myself a branding guru. Uh, I have a blog that I have been writing for a number of years on branding. Uh, my background is marketing, uh, communications, corporate communications, public relations, public affairs. Uh, I currently work for a Fortune 500 company uh, as head of uh, corporate communications and public affairs. Uh, I've been in the business uh, of branding for about 30 years. Uh, and I recently just wrote a book uh, called Branding Queens. Uh, which is about 20 entrepreneurial women uh, who built iconic brands going right back to the beginning of the 1800s. Uh, fantastic. Um, so when we talk about branding, what what is branding? Uh, it's a good question because I think it's um, somewhat misused or just thrown around. Uh, we hear a lot about personal branding, uh, which I'm not sure it exists um, for everybody. I, sometimes I just think it's a it's a glorified um, business card or resume. But branding, a brand itself, uh, is that emotional connection um, that a person has with a product or service. Branding is the act of creating a brand. Uh, and so I spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to create a brand. A brand is, is something that owned by the customer. Well, as a, an, a brand, you can actually control what the brand looks like and feels, but at the end of the day, it's the perception of your customer. So it has to be meaningful and relevant. Why, why is branding important? So we, we have commodities. Uh, it's because it has this emotional connection. Um, think of your, your, your past uh, when you were a child, your favorite toy. There is, there is a connectivity that happens that is in your mind. And it allows us as branding uh, to, to try and get that into your head so that it's easy for you to recall to go, hey, I like that brand. That brand I trust. And here's the reasons why. And there's those reasons, you can make up rational reasons, which is um, you know, what we tend to do after the fact, but they're emotional. We were attached to it for some reason. It's kind of like buying a house. Uh, you rationalize it after you bought it. 
Um, but it was always an emotional connection of to why why that was the right place. What type of things have a brand? Uh, like, can I personally, you know, can I personally make myself a brand? Yeah. So this is where uh, you can, if you have a product or service, a human being isn't a brand normally because we're, we're very complex animals. Most things are a product, toilet paper, a chocolate bar, a car, you know, a computer. These are operational. You can make them and you can make them multiple times consistently with the same performance and packaging. A human being is like putting a, a human being into a box. You can put a human being into a box if you're selling something. So if you're a coach, for example, and you have a certain type of coaching, then you can put that into a box. But to think that you're going to put your entire self into a box and start branding yourself, I think is somewhat misleading and maybe over ambitious. But if you want to be successful as a coach or a lawyer or a doctor of some sort, it probably does make sense to build a brand. But again, do you use all of the, the um, branding tools? Maybe not. Um, so um, do, do we have a lot of people out there that are trying to, you know, personally brand themselves? Yeah. Why do you think that's a bad idea? So I, I think it's, I think it's not necessarily a bad idea. It's just a lot of effort. And I'm not sure the gain is there. You can have really nice, and, and I think social media has, has sort of, created this this idea that we need to be uh, a brand and all i think we really need is a really good page uh to support who you are um it's like your business card uh okay if you're if you're a consultant as i said as a consultant well then maybe you may need to spend a little bit more effort but does everybody need a newsletter to be putting out? Do they need to be um, commenting on everything everyone else is doing on a daily basis? Should they be on Facebook, on TikTok, on Instagram? Should they be on LinkedIn? I mean, again, it's amount of effort that you're going to put in as to what is the reward. So you have to really understand, and what is it that you're trying to sell? And that's, I think, is the key. If you're actually selling a service or a product, then you can start thinking about building a brand. But I think a lot of people just think, I need to be a brand. Well, no, no, no. You have First thing you got to do is step back and go, what is it you're selling? And it has to be something that you're selling because that's what a brand is for. And I think we've kind of misused the term brand. Uh, you know, we, we look at, you know, famous people and, and famous people can become brands, but Really, they're just famous people. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because I'm glad you mentioned it because I, I think that you have like a lot of, you know, celebrities, musicians, actors, and actresses. They are, you know, trying to 
personally brand themselves like they're kardashians yes you know uh that you know but what are these folks are selling yeah and and so they can i mean some i have you know a, a you know clothing line um jewelry uh you'll see um some um uh famous people get into uh perfumes uh but you know does it make sense in some cases it might make sense um you know as long as the customer buys it uh then it probably makes sense uh but they didn't start with a brand they started becoming famous first and then they built the brand after that so so again i i just i think a lot of people think that they need to be a brand and i'm going unless you're selling something on a day-to-day -day basis just have a really good linkedin site or a good you know a resume a good business card of some sort uh and that should be good enough yeah i i i get that part but i guess what I'm, what what i'm you know steering the car at is that you have you know when i mean celebrities i'm talking about you know uh these so-called uh you know folks that are in these tv reality shows yeah you know that's yeah. that's where I'm, that's where i'm trying you know, to get, I get, you know, the part that you have, you know, a lot sure. of celebrities, they, you know, they actually, you know, they actually sell a product or a service, you know, I get that. But what about these reality TV stars? So, so they turn into influencers. And, and if, you know, you see this all the time, you can see influencers on Facebook, you see influencers on, on TikTok, uh, and they have a huge following. Um, they're creating stuff. They're creating content, uh, content that people want to consume. Um, so reality shows, similar, these same people um, have been somewhat attracted to others to watch, uh, and they can had this emotional connection uh, with others. They're likable. Um, some some characters are not likable. Um, some actually bring out you know um uh, again uh, uh a feeling of of detraction as opposed to attraction but they become popular and by becoming popular today allows you to extend beyond yourself to see okay can i make this into a commercial business can i make this into a brand is is, is there a difference between having a brand and just being an influencer is there a difference between the two so i i believe there is because a brand and and again i'm coming from 30 years of building brands and and i i for me to to communicate what a brand is i use i use what i call the five c's of branding and and the five c's are are critical pieces to building a brand so an influencer is somebody that is out there that is creating content that people are consuming and people are sharing and they become famous. Um, so they become a brand? That's questionable. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's that's the part that gets me too. Uh, you know, without... Uh, uh, I, I know you wrote a book about... Uh, you know, entrepreneur women. 
uh, you know, in terms of branding. Uh, any by chance the the five C's are in this book? Yes. So so I'll <clears throat> quickly just tell you what the five C's are. The first one is commitment. Uh, commitment is the purpose, is the why. Why 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 is this brand existing in the first place? And it's much bigger than just a product. The second one is construct, and construct is the logo. It's the colors. It's the, it's it's. Is there a sound attached to it? Is there a smell? Is there is there bricks and mortar? What does that look like? Um, is there a uniform? Is there? It's all the construct. It's all the physical aspects of what the brand uh, looks like. The next one is it's a community, and community. Is not just the customers. It can be also influencers, advocates, and your customer, and so and also your uh, employees who become advocates, uh, hopefully. And the next one is is your content, and this is really kind of your marketing. This is all the channels that you would use, uh, your advertising channels, your communication channels, your touch points. Um, do you use? Uh, PR, public relations, what kind of tools are you using to get your messaging out? And then the final one is consistency. And consistency is about all of the things you put in place to make sure that the brand experience is consistent and that you're always ratcheting up um, the quality and what trends are taking place. So you're you're doing your analytics. You're also under you know understanding what your customers' needs are and are, are they shifting? Uh, you know where should you be? Uh, where the customer wants you to be? Uh, and so that component is really the 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 you know the data, the research um, today with all of the the um, digital data that we have. It's rich uh, with with content for us to analyze and understand where our customers are going. So so that's a really important piece. It sort of brings the loop uh, right back to the beginning to make sure that your why is still relevant. So if, if having a, a website and a social media presence, is that all part of branding? Absolutely. And And, you know, how you communicate, on all channels is really important. Nothing's worse since that you communicate totally different in one channel versus another channel. It kind of looks somewhat schizophrenic um, as to what the brand is trying to communicate. So you, the consistency becomes really important about how you're delivering your message. It doesn't mean that you're delivering it the same way um, because your target audience might shift from one channel to another. Uh, but at the same time, you're wanting to communicate your value that you have from your brand consistently across all the channels. So I can use like uh, certain keywords, you know, throughout my message, no matter how, you know, the words are. It's just those certain keywords that I can use, you know, that people would like will automatically identify that brand. Yeah. So I mean the. The most successful brands are the ones that you don't have to actually put your logo on whatever you're communicating. People already see and feel that it's coming from this particular brand. And, and how that happens is, is through the language. It is through, you know, keywords, tags, uh, you know, where, where do you value the messaging and, and what topics should you be communicating? 
and where should you be communicating? All of these signal the brand itself. Uh, I, I would uh, take, uh, you know, if I can be a little transparent here. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm into podcasting, okay? And, uh, you know, the name of the umbrella is known as uh, the Australian Broadcast Section. Or OBS for short. Okay. So, uh, and which was started back in 2000, um, you know, seven. I have no idea where I got the name Austerlid from. I couldn't even, if someone asked me where I got the name from, you know, I can't tell you. It's just something that just popped in my head. Right. You know, that, that I wanted a name that was unique that no one else had. And so when I was thinking of that name, that name Austerlid, you know, just popped in my head and I just, I ran away, you know, ran away with it. Uh, so that's how the name came about. And now the logo is like a big O and the slogan is get into the know. And I noticed that the O stand, you know, stands out. The O in Austerlid, it stands out because we want people to stay in the know. You know, that that means that, you know, whatever people are talking about, that's what we want to talk about on these podcasts. Right. And so for that's why the, the podcast has been so successful, because, you know, we're talking about things that the mainstream media is, is, is either they're not talking about it at all or they, they don't give enough information to or, you know, content where people enter, you know, where they can hold a person's interest. Right. And so, so go ahead. I, I was just going to say, is there a question there? Or do you just want me to comment? Uh, so, uh, yes, I, I want you to comment on that, you know, in terms of, you know, do, do you see something of a brand that's coming out of, of this transparency here. Do you see a brand here? So I I, I do and I don't. Um, the, the word is difficult to pronounce and I don't know the meaning of the word either, but it, that doesn't matter. Uh, what, what I do see is OBS. And, and you know, when I first uh, found about um, your podcast, I, I was curious, what does OBS stand for? Uh, so the, the B and the S made sense. The, the O didn't make sense to me. I did not get the, the knowledge component. Uh, I've heard you when you, you speak, because uh, I have listened to a number of your shows. Uh, as to what you stand for and, and what you're trying to provide to your customers. But I think what's important is that you have that consistently branded everywhere. And so to me, it doesn't matter what the O stands for or the B or the S stands for. It's the story of the why that you have to, to present. I'll give you an example. So Gap. I'd love to have been in the in the boardroom when the agency presented, you know, this is this is the name that we're presenting to you uh, to call this multi-million dollar business. Uh, and it's Gap. And I think the first reaction I would have had was, well, it's it, it's it's nowhere, right? It's it's in between. It's there's nothing there. 
Um, the point is you make whatever you want of whatever the word you're going to use or whatever you're going to present as a brand. You will develop what it means for the customer. But it's really important that the customer understands from the content and what you're presenting that it makes sense. If you say one thing, but you present something else, it's confusing and people don't get that. I saw that once with a, a, a department store. You know, we know department stores have had you know difficult times. And, and this one particular one, it's in Canada, it was called Eaton's, the, one of the largest, actually the largest. And it did a huge advertising campaign, very modern looking. You went into, it was beautifully shot, but you went into any of their stores and they were all tired. There was no salespeople. You couldn't find anybody for the life of you if you wanted to actually buy something. And so the advertising campaign said one thing, but what you actually got when you were there was something totally different. And the place did close, close their doors, um, not too, too uh, long after that. So what, what I'm saying to you is, is you have to clearly articulate what it is. And I think you have, but what, now it's got to be presented wherever you have OBS. Or you can change it. Um. Yes, uh, I, I think that people are catching on to that name. The people are catching on, you know, to that name. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm, on, I'm on social media. I'm on YouTube. I, I'm on a popular um, podcast platform. So the name, the name is catching on, you know, the people. And the message that I just mentioned to you now, it's the same message across the board yeah yeah and I, again i've listened to a number of your your shows and and i would agree you are consistent with your messaging well thank you uh so you know and i don't and i don't mind you know you know this transparent moment because if i'm doing something you know that's wrong i want people to hold me accountable right Right. You know, and I don't care if thousands of people, you, you know, I don't care if thousands of people, you know, you know, listen to it. You know, it, it mean, you know, I think that when it comes to being transparent, you know, and accountable, I think people, you know, will respect a person, you know, that is transparent, that is accountable. You know, you know, rather than saying, you know, being arrogant, like, nah, I don't need any help. So yeah. I, I don't mind the accountability, you know, so I thank you for that. And, and being true to your values is being true to your brand. And, and people have, uh, are able to, to identify brands that say one thing and do the opposite. And they quickly realize that they're not actually being sold the right bill of goods. And so transparency becomes really important, uh, but living your values every day. And, and, and so when a brand, you know, a brand doesn't, well, unless you're a personal brand, then you wake up every morning, but, but a brand sits foundationally 
on 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 a on a, a foundation of values. And what I found really interesting with go to the twenty women that I that I wrote about uh, is that they had a strong foundation uh, of understanding of what their values were. And what was interesting as these brands had to transition to somebody else, there was a misstep because part of it, these women lived every day with this brand. They didn't have it articulated in a whole bunch of documents and all over the place. They just lived it. And so what you saw with a lot of these companies was, you know, it would either be somebody within the family or the company was bought out and they struggled until they actually figured out what was it? What was that foundation? What were those values that were really important, not only to the, to the, the founder, but also to the customer because the customer definitely knew what it was. Yeah, I, I was going to get ready to shift gears and talk about your book. Oh, good. Uh, Brandon Queens, where you, uh, where you wrote a book about 20 uh, uh, women who are entrepreneurs who have iconic uh, brands. Uh, so we're going to have some questions, you know, for that. Uh, uh, first of all, can you highlight some of the women uh, in this book and what their brands are. And yeah. then the second question would be, do you believe who are, uh, which gender is better in brand building, women or men and why? Okay. So, so yeah, of the 20 women, I'll, I'll start with the oldest, um, which was uh, Nicole Barb, uh, Barb Nicole um, uh, Clicquot and Vu Clicquot Champagne. Um, she started back in 1810. The others, um, another one I think is really interesting is Madam C.J. Walker. She was the first Black woman to, uh, to make a million dollars in the United States. And she had uh, 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 hair products that she had developed uh, in the marketplace, which uh, the brand still exists today. Uh, Margaret Rudkin, um, not probably a name that most people know, but if I told you Pepperidge Farms, uh, Farm, uh, it would be a recognizable um, brand. Uh, one of the key products is the goldfish crackers. I don't know if uh, uh, you have uh, had children. I, when my kids were young, uh, we had um, goldfish crackers in our house all the time. Uh, Another one is Ruth Handler. Ruth Handler, uh, uh, Mattel. She was co-founder of Mattel with her husband. Uh, she was the one that came up with Barbie, uh, the Barbie doll. And uh, uh, Hot Wheels. I don't know if you ever had uh, uh, the Hot Wheels. I, I remember when I opened up uh, Christmas uh, present with Hot Wheels. Uh, Mary Kay uh, Cosmetics uh, as well. Uh, another one, Martha Stewart, uh, which I don't think is a, as a surprise, Oprah Winfrey, of course, uh, Oprah was the first billionaire, um, black woman billionaire, uh, in, in North America. And then more recently, uh, I've got Tori Birch, uh, 
and uh, Sarah Blakely. And Sarah Blakely, uh, her, her brand is uh, Spanx. And she just recently uh, uh, stepped down from uh, the CEO position uh, in the company. So your, your second question, uh, I think, is an interesting question. What I noticed um, that was, again, very common among these women were a couple of different things. And one was um, their ability to be empathetic and caring. And I think that's a trait that many women have uh, more so than men. And to build a brand, you need that to be able to understand your customer and to understand that what their, their needs were. The other interesting thing is many of these women, about 75% of them were actually the customer themselves. These products that they were, they were selling and making, they were the customer as well. So they understood exactly what their customer's needs were because they're always trying to solve a, a problem, right? I mean, that's what we're all trying to do. And so I would say that women probably have a better situation here of understanding what make customers tick. More so than, I mean, I always like the phrase, uh, uh, you know, and again, I, I'm not sure who uh, was a man. Um, uh, I will build it and they will come. And, and that kind of mentality, if you look through history, um, that's how some, many brands were built. I'm going to build this and they're going to come. Whereas uh, what I found with a lot of these um, brands that I talked to is they built them because there was problems and they saw a solution, hope uh, to help other women. Uh in, in your book, you also mentioned about the five C's, which you have already uh, mentioned uh, in this podcast. For a new company, which one of those five C's is the most important? And which one of the five C's do many companies poorly execute? Yeah, great question. Uh, I've, I've asked myself this question many times. Uh, What's really interesting for a new company is um, when you're just starting out, you've got, and you're doing everything. Uh, and, and again, all of these women, they were doing, they're writing their own ads. Uh, they were doing it all. They were running around. They probably didn't have an employee. They were still, you know, um, uh, putting the packaging together. They were delivering um the product or they'd have, you know, some of their family members delivering the product. It's really hard to say, you know, which one should you spend? All you should be doing at the beginning is making sure your product is the best product ever. That's a quality component here that they all had. They did not compromise on the quality of their product. Paramount. So I would start there the, as they go along, I think the first C would be commitment. And that commitment is about that quality. But the commitment goes beyond that as to, okay, why are you doing this? And, and, and it's not just so that, you know, I, I, 
you know, I can make money and, you know, everyone's going to be happy. No, they, they went to something far more deeper. So I'll go to Pepperidge Farm uh, because uh, Margaret uh, Rudkin, she started making bread and she made uh, at the time, uh, go back into the 40s, uh, you know, lots of instant food, instant, um, you know, Wonder Bread was coming out, this white bread, you know, fluffy white bread that, that you know, stayed um, soft and uh, for, you know, weeks. Uh, and, and she started making bread because uh, her son was, was uh, uh, allergic, had allergies, and her doctor had said, well, you know, maybe, you know, um, try, try, uh, whole wheat, um, you know, bread, uh, homemade, you make it yourself. There won't be any additives in it that, that might help them. So she, she started doing that and, um, she didn't succeed. She, you know, her first, uh, um, a uh, couple of loaves of bread were hard as rock. And then she actually did come up with a, with a, with a, a recipe that worked really well. And she started seeing, and people were asking her, you know, where do you, where can I get this bread? So she's actually started selling it and she was looking position it as the healthy bread, more wholesome, um, good for, and, and she was actually selling it to, uh, uh other patients, um, of, of her doctor, uh, as well. And, and so this was, you know, natural, um, at the time going way back, uh, whereas today is very common to hear, you know, naturally, um, source products, um, uh, no additives, and and she did. She looked after, but she was also about quality. There was a lot of cream and there was a lot of butter in that uh, uh, bread that uh, that she sold. And and that's probably why it was so good. But where I'm getting at is is the value there was in her head. It just wasn't articulated at the beginning. Uh, and I think that's the start is is the commitment because if that becomes the foundation. And then from there, really, I mean, content becomes really important. How do you get your message out? You know, I wrote this book. Uh, I think it's a great book. Nobody knows about it. Uh, how do I get, you know, people to find out about it? Well, I guess I could spend money advertising. I can do podcasts like I am doing with you um, this evening. Uh, and thank you very much uh, for allowing me to talk. But that awareness becomes really important. Uh, you can start building it from word of mouth, uh, you know, and, and, you know, that's a starting point, but that's a slow starting point um, to start getting your products out there. So, so I would say content construct. Uh, I think a lot of people start with construct first. Um, I need a logo, you know, what am I going to call it? Uh, not surprising. A lot of these brands that are in my book, are there names? Um, how creative was that? Uh, some of them did try to go, you know, um, somewhat more creative. And, you know, the, the, those stories are in the book, which are kind of fun. But uh, a lot of them ended up using their own name. Uh, the good thing is a lot of them used their, um, not necessarily their maiden names, um, but their uh, husband's uh, uh, last name, uh, which Again, looking in the history uh, would, uh, in some cases, uh, would have been easier to use their, um, as to a lot of uh, their uh, maiden names were difficult to pronounce. Uh, but yeah, a lot of companies start, okay, we got to do the construct. What's it going to look like? Uh, and really, maybe it's the product that you got to really focus on first. 
what led you to write this book? Why do you think it was important to write this book? So I, uh, I, I had read a book uh, about um, Madame Clicquot. And, and first of all, I didn't know Veuve Clicquot. Uh, Veuve, uh, in French, uh, translated into English, is widow. And that stunned me because I always thought oh, it sounded so nice, like Veuve Clicquot, uh, champagne. Uh, and I go, why? Why would somebody put widow on a label, on a brand? Uh, so I started reading about her and discovered, you know, that she built this empire. Literally, she built an empire uh, and she had her champagne all over the world in 1810. And the reason she was able to do that was because she was a widow. The laws in those days, women were second, second class citizens. They had no right to run a business. However, if her husband passed away, which did occur, she had the right to run the business. Now, she had to get permission from her father-in-law. Um, there's a, there's a, um, if she has a child, um, she has to have somebody mentor her, and she did. Her father-in-law was that person and allowed her to, to conduct business on one condition, um, that he uh, select a partner for her, um, and she, he did, uh, a man, uh, and he said that he would teach her all the, the, the business skills and, and wine skills that she did not have. Uh, and that didn't go very well. Um, they had a couple of really bad seasons. Um, uh, Napoleon was uh, warring around the world. And, and so she actually departed um, um, from uh, her business partner. Uh, and she went back to her father-in-law and said, I can, I'm going to do it on my own. Uh, and she did. But, but that started, and I started going, who are are there other women like this in the world that I don't know about? And so I started looking. And of course, when you go on internet, if you can't find something, uh, if you Google it and you can't find it, there's a story there. Um, so I started um, doing this pursuit. Uh, it was took me three years. Um, it was uh, COVID was taking place. So I was not in an airplane. I would travel a lot. Uh, normally I'm in airplanes and I wasn't. Uh, so I had more time on my hands to, to uh, dedicate um, to um, finding these women. And uh, it took me three years um, to find 20 women. Uh, I found more, but uh, I started looking at my criteria. And so uh, I got down to what I thought were um, 20 of the top uh, brand builders. Uh, and I think each story is is fascinating. So you, you have a 30 plus year career, you know, building brands. How can someone, how did you learn to become a, uh, such an expertise in that area it's uh learned by doing uh, a lot of cases i mean i worked for uh ogilvy um david ogilvy was was uh i think a cornerstone of of if you ever want to read a book 
about branding and marketing, um, David Ogilvy uh, on advertising. It's uh, that's the title of the book, uh, David Ogilvy. On it's still today uh, is is selling uh, out there, uh, and it's been around for quite a few years. Uh, I did work, as I said, for Ogilvy for ten years. Uh, allowed me to to work with some of uh, the world's biggest brands, like Shell, uh, is one of those. Toyota, another one. Um, and and it is about just learning um there i mean in school i mean i always had um the same thing with people would come in you know to an advertising agency and go what do i need what 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 uh what uh education do i need and really there is it's life experience it's it's the ability i mean if if there's one thing that uh you really need to understand is is your customer, and so you know being able to to you know analyze what people do more so than what they say, uh, because you know we know what they say ne not necessarily means what they do, uh, but it's that curiosity of of understanding what make makes people tick, and so uh, that I've always had I've always had that I I love to be able to sit. And I have been in um, when I've uh, been working with clients. I'll sit and just watch the customers, and I'll, I'll, you know, and again, I'll use a couple of examples from the women in, in the book. Uh, Liz Claiborne. Um, uh, so she uh, has a, a, she was a designer and she had a clothing line. That's um, probably not as as famous today as it was uh, back uh, in the eighties. And she used to just walk around in the store and talk to the customers. Um, Estee Lauder did the same. She would walk around in the department stores uh, where the all of the uh, fragrances are, and she would be busy, you know, um, you know, spraying fragrance on people and or women, and 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 she'd be talking. It's this inter, the the this inquisitiveness of just understanding what people want and and what where where are their where are they you know, the problems, what, what are the things that we can do to solve those problems? And, and, you know, Uber is a really good example of that. Uh, you know, we had taxis for, for so long and, you know, there was, somebody came up with a new way of, of ordering a cab uh, and allowing you to have that control and that control of being able to understand where the cab is and how long is it going to be and the control that you have as to where where it's going to go how how is it going to get there and what time is it going to get there and how much is it going to cost before you get there that control was better than the service in the vehicle and 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 again you still have to you know raise the the bar of all the other components but but it's those insights uh, of understanding and and understanding again, as I said, uh, that connectivity to the brand. So if I was to be like, you know, go to college, go to school, and be a marketing manager, I mean, be uh, having a, a a marketing major. Are you telling me that the stuff that you're telling me, I'm not going to get that in the classroom? Yeah, so I don't know. 
um, because I've not taken a marketing course. Uh, My background was economics. I can tell you the people that worked in advertising agencies, very few had marketing degrees. they all came from um, from a background of literature. They came back every different uh, aspect of the world. People get into these kinds of uh, industries uh, because they it, it captures them and and that creativity. Um, as I said, an agency is, is unique. Um, if you're building a brand uh, as a as a entrepreneur. Again, you have no idea what you're really doing. And, and when you look at an entrepreneur, there is no degree um, that sets you up for success. I can tell you quite a few of the women in the book did not have a degree in any business on any sort to allow them to operate a billion-dollar business, but they did. So, So... Degrees don't necessarily, unless you're a doctor or a lawyer, uh, I, 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 if, if there was a degree that you wanted to get um, to, to get into this uh, type of business, I would say psychology would probably be a good one. Um, data analysis would be another really good one. Um, that's an area that I, I still struggle to understand uh, myself, so I leave that to the experts. Uh, you know, analysis of research, uh, again, is a really good area, uh, I believe, because, uh, as I said, there's so much data today, and it's it's understanding it that becomes the most important element. Uh, do you believe that uh, an entrepreneur should actually write a book? If so, why? If not, why not? So, uh Again, of the 20 women uh, that I, quite a few of them did uh, write more than one book. Uh, We know Martha Stewart, uh, somewhere around 90 odd books. Uh, Again, there were cookbooks. There were a whole bunch of different books, but uh, quite a few of these women have written a book or multiple books. Today, uh, I, 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 I did not go into writing a book so that I could uh, um, elevate my my career. I that was not my intent. Uh, I saw this as a a story or stories that needed to be told, uh, and and they inspired me. Uh, I, I hope you kind of feel that I'm inspired by by everything I've learned from these women. Uh, you know. I've just taken what my background is, which is the discipline of understanding what they're doing, uh, because I think a lot of cases, they they just did it naturally. Uh, and I think good entrepreneurs do this stuff naturally. You know, you don't need to, you know, have a, a uh, it's all about customer service. It's all about, you know, putting your customer first. Uh, it's, you know, this whole caring aspect. Um, these women were doing it well before we even heard about, you know, social responsibility. Uh, so to get back to, to your, to your question about a book, I think a book today is kind of a new business card. Uh, and if you are trying to get a message out and you want to be credible about a message, then maybe, but if you're, 
if you're busy selling and building a product, the last thing you really do is, is to spend time writing a book about it. However, if you're a consultant and you are a coach or you're trying to get a message across, a book might help. Uh, what advice will you give anyone who wants to build a brand? So start with whatever you're selling and make it the best it can be. Ideally, the most memorable products that are out there are the first. So try to make it the first of something. Change the category. Pivot a bit. Uber. It wasn't the first cab. It was the first cab that you got that was you were in control of. So they pivoted. And so they made a first entry. So start with your product. Start with the best quality possible for the best value. And it's a, it's a physical product or a service. What are you going to do that's going to be different? Start there. The brand will come from there. Oh, that's some very good ad advice. And we're going to get ready to uh, uh, wrap up here. Uh, it's certainly uh, a pleasure uh, having you on the podcast this evening. And you have given some, some really practical, common sense uh, advice and information that I think that, you know, a lot of us can take, you know, with us. Okay, thank if, you very much as well. Now, if someone was, wants to, you know, purchase the book or they may say, uh, you know, I need help, you know, branding my company. How can they get in touch with you? So um, just Google me, uh, Kim Razdiba. Uh, you'll find uh, a, quite a few links. You'll go to, to my website, which is razdiba.com. Uh, my book can be bought anywhere. Uh, it's out there. Um, you can get uh, um, the ebook. There's a soft cover. There's a hard cover. Uh, there's also a a uh, audio uh, version of it. Uh, the audio version is only on Kobo um, and Google, but uh, uh, it's it's available as well. Uh, and yeah, reach out to me. I'm on LinkedIn uh, as well. I'm very active on LinkedIn, so uh, uh, I can be found there as well. And um, as we get ready to close, um, we ask this of all of our guests that come on here, we would like for you to give the last word. And it could be anything that's on your mind that you want to leave with the audience. So what is your last word? My last word is, is people want to be connected to brands. As long as the brand is there looking out for them. Short and oh, sweet. That's, uh, 
short, sweet, and to the point. <laughs> never, never had that, you know, before. Uh, that definitely should, you know, resonate with, you know, a lot of people. Uh, I, I don't give a time frame as to how long, you know, that last word, you know, is. It could be short, it could be long, it, it could be whatever, but, you know, as long as it comes from the heart, that's, that's all that matters. You know, so if it's short, you know, so be it. You know, hopefully it, memorable too. Yeah, I, I hope that has a ripple effect too, you know, as well. So, and we definitely want to thank you for uh, taking time out of your schedule. I, you know, I know it's, uh, you wear a lot of hats and, you know, you're, you're very busy. But I just want to thank you for taking some time out uh, to be on this podcast. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for having me, Keith, and and all the best um, as you move forward with your your brand. Uh, thank you so much. And again, I, you know, even though I'm the host, uh, I I take in this information as well. I'm sure that you know from you and know. A lot of other guests that we had, uh, you know, in the past year or so, that I always take some nuggets of whatever the guest, you know, you know, has shared with me because, uh, you know, I want to build a brand, for example, that people will be able to, you know, resonate, and you hardly ever hear that in the world of podcasts. No, normally, it's like you know, you're selling a product or you're selling a service uh, that you hear that word branding. But when it comes to, you know, podcasting or even being on the radio or, you know, or TV, you never hear so much, you know, about that. I, you know, I know uh, TV stations, they have a brand. Yep. You know, I know radio stations, you, you, you know, they have a brand. If you uh, look at, uh, let's say, the, the three popular, you know, TV networks, ABC, NBC, and CBS, and if you go through the history of those networks, you you can quickly see just how, you know, much of a brand, you know, that they have built. Uh, it can be uh, the type of programs that they offer. Um, what type of news or sports coverage that they have, you know, even right down to their, you know, their slogan. And we know that back then, you know, the networks had some pretty bombastic uh, stuff yeah. you know, going on, you know, back then. That, you know, that was their brand. But it's, not, you know, not so much, you know, sticking out there as it was, you know, back then. Uh, I know you mentioned your last uh, your last words, but a question popped in my mind after I said that. Do you think branding has changed? You know, now versus, let's say, maybe 30, 40, 50 years ago. So I, the branding itself hasn't changed. What has changed is how difficult it is today, and how many channels there are today. So what's changed today? I mean, go back in time, the messaging was very simple. Today, we have slices of, of different 
things. I mean, we've got so many choices today. We've got so many very variables uh, of choices that you can get uh, as well. So trying to get to be the first of something is even harder. Trying to get people's attention is even harder. And then we've got so many different channels and so many different ways to, to communicate. Where do you start? So, so I, today I think it's just, it's more complicated. Uh, but all the foundational components, so what I've, you know, the five C's, I don't think those have changed. You know, what elements are in them have changed dramatically. Okay. I, I, I wanted to definitely get that question answered before we, uh, you know, get off the air. I think that is very, you know, important that, you know, we look at the history of branding and and whether or not it has changed over the years. I think that's, you know, very important because I know a lot of people, you know, are saying that, you know, I have a hard time, you know, putting my business out in front, you know, my product, my service. I'm having a difficult time, you know, putting it out there because, you, you have so many, you know, companies either selling the same product or they're selling a similar product, you know, and people are asking, especially on social media, you know, how can I, you know, position myself to, you know, to be at the top, to be the best that yeah. my brand, you know, would be noticing. Right. I just, I, I wanted to get that out of the way yep. before. Uh, we end this broadcast. I think that's very important. Uh, any comments on that? Yeah, so um, absolutely. You have to be different. You have to think different. You have to act different. Uh, but you also need to understand what is it you're trying to do and what problem are you trying to solve for the customer because they're the ones going to buy it. Uh, an example of just standing out, I'll use uh, insurance companies. Okay. You know, they're, they're pretty boring. Geico, you know, the little green lizard, totally different. Stood out, still stands out. So you got to be do something different. And so, and it's not necessarily where the product is different. How you market the product could be different. Uh, got got you. Okay. Uh, very very good nuggets. Uh, just thought that we uh, clear the air, you know, on that. So I know some people will come back and say, uh, you know, did he mention anything about how I'm able to, you know, stand out? You know, because I know that's a question that a lot of small business owners, uh, you know, have asked. You know, how can I put myself out there if you have a whole lot of other people? selling a different selling the same product or service or a similar product or service so i'm glad we got that out of the yeah. way and now we can end this podcast properly <laughs> thank you so Enjoyed it. and 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 one one of the things that people need to understand is that you know uh we don't necessarily follow a script here or you know, you know, you know, we got to do A first, then B. Sometimes it, you know, it gets out of whack. And 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 that's okay. Because, you know, and that's okay. But, you know, as long as that interaction, 
you, you know, is there and then people get the information, you know, that they need. Uh, sometimes that doesn't really matter. No, I agree. As uh, long that, as there's value. That, 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 mm -hmm. that, that's just my opinion. I don't know what you think about that. Uh, you know, I understand that there are certain things you have to have order and you, you have to have structure. You know, right. I, I get that. You know, you know, I get that, but sometimes it doesn't always seem to, you know, to be that way. Uh, for example, I know I got into a lot of, you know, discussions to where the basically the order and the script just, you know, just out the window and we're just having a conversation like, you know, I'm with the guys and we're having a couple of years. Yeah. You know, it has gotten to that point as well. And and people's like, well, wow, I really enjoyed that podcast. It, it was real, you know, it was interactive. It's it's like, you know, because I, I I watch and listen uh to a lot of podcasts, and to me it sounds like it's routine, it's robotic. There, there there's no interaction, you, you know, to it. It's kind of like it's you know, it's kind of like I'm walking around with a fake credit, a fake ID. Right. Well, I, I I don't think we followed any formula, did we? Um, no, I, no. I no, I don't. You know, I don't. You know, no, I don't think so. It's you know, it's kind of like we're just having a normal conversation. Yeah. You know, that's and, and, how and, it was set up to be. And, and I hope, I hope you got value out of this normal conversation. Oh, absolutely. Uh, this is not. This is not the first time that, you know, we had a podcast, of, you know, of this sort. Yeah, uh, a lot of my podcasts, you know, turn out to be, you know, like a regular conversation. Again, like, you know, I'm at a bar, you know, with a couple of guys and, you know, having a couple of beers and having a good time. You know, been there before. So, and, and that's what makes... Uh, these podcasts more uh, unique in my opinion. Right. And I think people are really beginning, you know, to see that. And also too, you know, the guest that comes on there, you know, they put their own personality spin, you, you know, on it as well. So it doesn't make it one dimensional. Yeah. You know, it's, it's now two dimensional, unless you have, you know, a panel, then it will become multi yeah. you know, dimension, because you have all these different personalities right. uh, that are unique and they're bringing value, you know, to the show. Uh, that's what makes it unique. Uh, so uh, thank you for pointing that out. Um, and okay, so we're out of time right now. We're over out of time, but that's, that's okay. Um, sometimes when we do have these interactions, interactive conversations we do run over but that's that's okay um it, it just makes for a better episode uh, so kim i just want to formally thank you for um being a part of this podcast taking time out of your busy schedule to join me on this evening and um for those of you who are listening i pray that you would take some of this advice with you and kind of you know, apply it to uh, whatever you're doing that may all of you have great success. And that includes you too. Uh, best wishes on your endeavors. 
um, you're providing a valuable service. And I am sure that you have a lot of satisfied customers. Thank you. So thank you. And that would uh, conclude our uh, segment of the works for uh, today. Uh, thank you so much. And we hope that we, use, we will see you next time for another great guest. Stories that are inspiring, stories that educate and inform. That's what we do. So we hope that you will tune in on our next set segment. Thank you so much. Have a great day. The views expressed on this program are those of the guests and not necessarily the views of management and staff of OBS Radio, OBS International, and Greater Works Business Services. Guests who appear on this podcast are not required to pay a fee and is made possible by RadioGuestList.com. For more information, please visit our website at www.obsintl.cf. Follow OBS on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash broadcast section. If you want to contribute financially to help us continue broadcasting, please go to paypal.me.obsintl. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you next time. This is OBS Radio, a service of OBS International, a division of Greater Works Business Services.